0: Welcome to the Lubart Executive Education Podcast. In this episode, we'll be talking about strategies to help speakers and leaders better engage their listeners. With me today is John Henney. John has decades of experience helping people around the world become more effective communicators by eliminating strain and bringing out their best-sounding, compelling voice. John coaches professional voice users at corporate businesses, the United States military, sports announcers, and voiceover artists and Is also a featured lecturer at top voice conferences and institutions. John is the author of three Amazon best-selling books, hosts the popular podcast "The Intelligent Vocalist" with over five hundred thousand downloads, and has one hundred thirty thousand subscribers with fourteen million views on YouTube. Welcome, John. It's great to have you here with me today. Thank you for having me. To get us started, what is it about a confident speaker that captivates us? Well, it really is—it's this
1: ability to impart emotion and intention with the voice. And it's also the ability to utilize the inherent music of the speaking voice uh, when they are communicating. When they look at how language developed, they don't know if singing or spoken language came first, but they certainly develop together. And they really are extensions of each other. And I found working with great singers the elements and devices that they use to connect with an audience, to re-engage attention when they've already repeated, say the chorus and the sentiment of a song, when they come back, how they're able to breathe new life into that. These same elements work for speakers as
0: well. Yeah, so speaking of music and singers, what do really great speakers have in common with singers? They understand first, the concept of of melody and
1: melody can be trite three blind mice or it can be endlessly engaging we have those pieces of music we can listen to over and over and if if the speaker falls into trite melody it becomes very hard to pay attention but if the speaker is able to find the melody in their own voice and the music in their voice, especially when that's enhanced by emotional intention. They are really then connecting to what makes a great great singing performance.
0: I never even thought about that, of how melody could really translate into presentation or into public speaking. As I work with a a lot of leaders and high potential leaders is, is where we spend most of our time. Two of the more common challenges I see people struggling with actually occur before you even start speaking, which is the fear of public speaking and imposter syndrome, how can leaders work through and overcome those fears? So those fears I believe are somewhat
1: natural and certainly with imposter syndrome, I think it is better than the alternative, which is Dunning Kruger, which is the the person who doesn't know how little they know. So I think there is a certain conscientious aspect to imposter syndrome. But again, these things can very quickly become debilitating where they don't help us. So where imposter syndrome can maybe help us improve ourselves, learn more, where it can become a problem is when it turns into comparisons and where we're constantly comparing ourselves to others. Someone's always gonna know more than you on any particular subject or any aspect of that subject. However, they will never be you with your unique experiences and your abilities and your way to transfer this information to others. So it's important that you be heard and not allow imposter syndrome to take over. Stage fright is an extension of fight or flight, but even more so they believe that it may go back to when we traveled in small groups if we were ostracized from that group we would die alone in the wilderness so this fear of rejection from others is a, a deep-seated fear but in today's society there's really no danger so this feeling of anxiety and nervousness to a certain point before you step out onto a stage or do an important presentation. That's actually good. Singers will talk about that they want the butterflies, that they want to feel that excitement before they perform, but they know that it cannot cross over to a problem or when it can rob them of their ability to perform. And what I find for myself is it really is an aspect of the self and the ego, and that if I allow myself to turn inward, if I allow my my internal conversation to start that worry. I don't find that trying to replace the negative talk with positive talk helps because it's still an inward turn. What I find is effective is to set your focus outward. So before I go to give a talk, when I feel that I remind myself, this is not about me. It's about those who've come to hear me. And then I say something to myself every time that I find incredibly powerful. I don't even remember where I learned this, but it was long ago and it always stuck with me. Give them permission to not like you. Let go of that. You're not going to please everyone. But you need to be there for those who need to hear what you have to say. And when your focus is on others, when your focus turns outward, that anxiety will tend to dial down.
0: Thank you so much for sharing that. I really enjoy that perspective of giving yourself permission for people not to like you, right? And to turn your focus outward. I think that's really powerful. Once you get started and you are delivering a presentation, what are some of the common challenges that speakers and leaders face when trying to connect with their audience? And how do you help them stay connected or reconnect if they've lost that connection?
1: Yeah, there are a couple of different levels that this works on. The first is just in the actual presentation itself and with the voice. You need to occasionally employ pattern interrupts. Musicians understand this, composers certainly do, great singers, and a pattern interrupt can be subtle. It can be that you're building up to a point and you're speaking at a certain tempo and then you just pause and that pause now is something different and we're wired to notice things that are different when things become predictable we tend to tune them out so you need to constantly re-engage that filter that is the listener's attention the other thing is to have emotional intentions in place no matter how dry the material if you have to give up and give a presentation on a new software system rather than just standing there and reading the manual basically aloud or as they talk about you know death by a thousand powerpoint slides going through your slides think about why are you there what is your goal in speaking to this group and if your goal is to inform then really make that a palpable goal no i want to inform you i want to teach this to you I want you to know this and that is going to spark a different emotional energy within you and that emotional energy will transmit to the voice. And they have done studies on this and they have found that between just observing body language, being able to see and hear the speaker or just hearing the voice, our ability to emotionally understand what the speaker is saying goes up when we only hear the voice. The voice is a primary emotional connector with other humans. And when you have emotion and true emotion, it compels people.
0: Some of what you were just talking about gets me thinking a little bit about planning presentation or the message that I want to send and thinking about that. What role in your opinion does storytelling play in creating that strong connection between you as a speaker and your audience?
1: yeah much has been made lately of the power of storytelling and it's true we as social beings we love story we communicate through story you got to be careful with story though because we've all been trapped in those situations where there's just a few too many stories i remember being in a two-day seminar and it was one person presenting for two days And he had so many stories and so many anecdotes that I remember thinking, man, we could have done this all in one day and still had plenty of time for your stories. Um, But I I believe metaphors are very powerful, just very, very quick stories to make your point. When you do bring in a story, obviously it should connect to the point that you're making and you you can be vivid with it, you can have fun with it. As long as there's a point to it, and as long as it's moving it forward, absolutely stories are very powerful.
0: So as a follow-up into something you said earlier with doing some pattern interrupts and, and you know creating some more emotion and such, is some of that planned along with the storyline or in conjunctions at certain parts, or is it more free form depending on how you're speaking that day or how you're feeling in that moment?
1: So it's something that you can practice, but it shouldn't be. I'm going to speed up here, I'm going to pause here, that should be very rare. It should really flow from the emotion and the moment. But a great way to practice this, and and I encourage my clients to do this, I have them partake in what I call the world's worst musical. And take a couple of your slides, or what you're going to present, go somewhere where no one can hear you so you feel totally safe, and I want you to sing it. And I mean as badly as you like, right? You don't have to know how to sing. But as you start to sing this and have fun with this, I'm here to explain the new sales projections, right? And you're, you're just kind of goofing around. Then dial back the singing but just keep a little. I'm here to explain the new sales projections. And you start to feel, wow, there's a little bit of rhythm. There's some melody, there's tone, there's accents. There's all these different colors that we use to communicate. And again, when you marry these musical devices, these pattern interrupts, and this music in the voice with emotional intention, it's incredibly powerful. I will joke, but only slightly, that you will rarely meet a cult leader or a con artist with a lousy speaking voice.
0: I think you're right there. There's some definite historical figures for sure that have been very powerful speakers. I think that's a great suggestion, by the way, too, to sing your presentation. And I'm going to look forward to trying that myself. I hope everybody else listening has a chance to try that. And uh, and I'll let you know how, the, how it comes out. One of the things I run into, and I know many others who do public speaking uh, on a regular basis do, is if you haven't maybe spoken in a while, that first time you get back, your voice can get a little tired. So I, I just want to have a couple questions here about... Your health of your voice. And I think sometimes we may take our voice for granted. And considering as humans, we're using our voices constantly to communicate all day, every day, what can we be doing to keep our voices healthy?
1: Yeah. So I think when we understand that your your vocal cords are about the size of your thumbnail, and they're made up of ligament and muscle and mucosal tissue. And first and foremost, we need this mucosal tissue to have this nice thin layer of mucus because if this mucus gets thick and gloppy we're going to be clearing our throat it's like putting peanut butter in your engine so you want to be well hydrated you also want to be well rested this is when the body is able to repair tissue and do all the the bookkeeping and the cleaning if you will and so the voice when you are tired if you're not properly hydrated If you've been pushing your voice in loud environments, I mean, the worst thing you can do before a presentation is to go out for drinks and be yelling in a loud bar. The alcohol is going to interrupt your sleep. It's going to dry out your voice. Things are not probably going to go well. Where the voice tends to get tired is we speak on too low of a pitch. Now, it is true that a lower pitch or a perceived lower voice will tend to express more authority. We associate that. But we confuse pitch with resonance. If I, if I speak on this pitch and yet I make my vocal track really small, I'm bringing out higher frequencies and my voice sounds higher, but if I make my vocal track bring out the lower frequencies, now my voice sounds deeper and more resonant, yet the pitch is the same. The mistake we make is we start to talk down here. Well, now the voice doesn't have a lot of acoustic energy. Lower frequencies travel more slowly. And when we lose the high frequencies in the voice, we lose the power, we lose what's gonna cut and fill the room. So we replace that acoustic energy with muscle and we start really pushing these vocal folds together. And now they're colliding hundreds of times a second but in a less than optimal way. And that will quickly begin to fatigue and even swell the tissue.
0: I just thought of one other follow-up question I'd like to ask. As a leader, sometimes we don't have a sound check or we don't have time to check where we're gonna be or maybe even the luxury of knowing what the space that we're gonna be speaking in is like or if we even have a microphone. And sometimes we might have to have our voices carry to maybe the back of a a large room uh, or people may say, I'm having trouble hearing you. Uh, What can you do to project a little stronger or to get that, get your voice to carry all the way to the back of a room without hurting yourself?
1: So what we often fall into is we will fall into more of a shout condition and shouting is a hardwired survival mechanism and it's very easy for us to do. What you actually want to do again is utilize the power of resonance and so if I need to speak louder, rather than trying to yell, I will actually use the resonance, and my voice will feel as if it inclines back a little bit. So it's "hey!" rather than "hey!" So when you work with that, when you start finding the acoustic energy of the voice and letting that do the work, that can replace the muscle and the shout. So don't feel. That you have to yell. The other thing is, if you're not used to a mic, remember the mic will do the work. When you get up and you see this large space, instinctively you'll want to start yelling because you think, oh, I've, uh, people can't hear me in the back. And you speak too loud for the mic. And the first thing the sound person is going to do is turn you down. So while you want to speak fully and robustly, don't push the voice because now you're going to be turned down and you're going to be fighting against that.
0: Yeah, let the technology do the work for you, right? Absolutely. All right. Well, before we wrap up this episode, John, any final advice or thoughts or tips that you'd like to share with our audience? I think I would recommend that you just really
1: start to be aware of your voice, how you're using voice, how great speakers, people that you find compelling, how are they using their voices? What do you hear? What are they doing with pitch and tone? And... How are they hitting certain points? How are they building up to that? So few of us really take the voice into consideration. We tend to take it for granted. And in today's competitive environment, it's likely something that your competitor is missing. And if you can begin to master your voice and really use it to its fuller potential, I think you'll have a competitive edge that can be quite effective.
0: I like thinking of your voice as your competitive advantage and and probably the best advantage you have, right? The most unique advantage for sure.
1: Absolutely.
0: Well, John, thank you so much for taking time today and being on the show to talk with our listeners a little bit about communicating better with our voice. If anybody's interested in learning more from you, where can we point them to? So
1: my main website is johnhaney.com, J-O-H-N-H-N-N-Y. And for speakers, it's compellingspeaker.com. And I've got a uh, free checklist you can get there of uh, vocal warmups, ways to get your voice working quickly when it's tired.
0: Wonderful. I will add information about those resources into the show notes for everybody. In closing, I'd like to take a moment and thank our listeners. We wish you the best of luck as you move forward on your leadership journey. Please check back regularly for additional episodes.